feature presentation. Welcome back to another untitled movie review from TIFF22. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, that was so suspenseful, that intro. I just, I'm, I'm on... I'm on pins and needles, Matt. Pins and needles. Man, we're back at home. It's uh, a nice, cool fall day almost. I don't think summer's technically over, or did it end today? I have no I thought idea. It, I thought today um, was the first day of fall. Is it? Well, that's perfect for the weather that we're having. But we're back at home. Uh, TIFF 22 is in the past, uh, but we're still going to be covering a ton of things from the festival. We have reviews up right now uh, for People's Choice winner, The Fablemans, Glass Onion, The Whale, Brother, Bros, I Like Movies, uh, The Banshees of Inishir, and Triangle of Sadness, Empire of Light, Pearl. Uh, we have a wrap-up show over on Untitled Movie Podcast that covers every film that we saw at the Toronto International Film Festival, as well as our experience as a whole. Uh, but today, yes, we are reviewing uh, Daniel Gold, uh, fuck, I already fucked this up. Daniel Goldhaber or Goldhaber's. Uh, Just call how him to DH. A, yeah, D, DH, DG, wouldn't it? Oh, fuck. <laughs> See, even I'm screwing <laughs> up because I'm thinking the Haber part, right? Because that's yeah, what we're yeah, having yeah. problems It's not two with. different names. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's Haber Daniel. or Haber? Daniel, let us know. Let us uh, know. But and, and thank you for your film. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, we are reviewing Kiss DGs. Kiss on. <laughs> Uh, we're reviewing DG's How to Blow Up a Pipeline, which was picked up by Neon uh, yes. during the festival. And Elevation um, Pictures in Canada will be distributing yeah. it. Cool. Which is very exciting. Uh, Eric, a movie we saw pretty late in the festival. We started to hear good buzz uh, early on when it had uh, you know its premiere and its early screenings, as well as Neon picking it up. Um, I know you liked uh, DG's first film, Cam, quite yes. a bit. Um, but this is a movie I saw like, very late uh, i got up at like a uh, very late in the festival but got up but very, very early, early <laughs> for like an 8 30 a.m screening of it and i texted you immediately and i was like there was one more screening on the last day of the festival and it was the last film you saw um and i was like you gotta get a ticket to it and i think you got like one of the last kind of press tickets and things for the movie which i'm so glad you did because uh this ended up being you know spoilers uh one of my favorite films of the festival i absolutely love this movie yeah, it's 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 an excellent uh, ecological environmental thriller, and it's one of those films where, uh, as my dogs are barking, uh, they're as excited as as we are to talk about it. Um, but it's a film that has something to say, but it's also basically constructed in a manner that is as intense and exciting as any action movie uh, you could watch on a big screen. And even though, you know, the, the, the stakes are, you know, considered somewhat small scale compared to a mission impossible, sure. or, you know, any kind of Marvel movie or what have you, there's something about the character dynamics and the editing and the tension of sort of the payoffs of certain moments that will put you in the mindset viscerally of what is going on with these characters. So specifically you have a ragtag group of protesters and people that have been affected by this big oil company and they're planning to blow up a pipeline in West Texas. Um, a lot of the film will explore the character dynamics, whether they're couples or individuals in uh, sequences that kind of 
show you where they're coming from in their backstory. And even though it does break from the present moment of setting up and creating these bombs that will uh, destroy this pipeline, it never um, misses a step in terms of its pacing. Like you're never yeah. thrown off by, you know, jumping into, uh, you know, a character like Dwayne's backstory, who's kind of, you know, the weird outlier of this group, an older guy who's kind of like your classic looking, you know, red, all blooded American type um, uh, sort of, you know, guy who's, you know, dealing with his land being polluted and his family having to grow up in an environment that's becoming uh, more difficult to overall uh, live in and, 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 and prosper in, in any way whatsoever. Then you have, you know, a younger uh, generation where, they're coming in, you know, whether it's they're affected by it personally or or by health or, or what have you. Um, I don't want to give anything away. So I am trying yeah. to like uh, dance across this and be kind of more vague in my description overall. But what is so thrilling about it is that over the course of this movie, as we learn about the characters, as we learn about the predicament that they're in, as they go through the minutia of pulling off what essentially is kind of like a heist movie in a lot of yeah. ways, um, is that it's so suspenseful. Every moment is considered and not wasted. And you feel the tension build to the point of where I think you mentioned it in your tweet. You're literally just on the edge of your seat, gripping Mm -hmm. your theater chair and, and wondering what is going to happen and are these characters going to pull it off? And there's, there's a great conversation even about what they're doing is wrong and whether or not they'll be looked at as terrorists or folk heroes and how mm-hmm. they'll affect people that are kind of, you know, doing the nine to five job and need gas to get to work. So it's a very conscientious the collateral damage of it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's a conscientious effort. It's a collaborative effort. Uh, Daniel Goldhaber was there at that final screening and he even said that this is, you know, not a film made by one person that it is a collective in the way that is represented even on screen with these people coming together to do something to possibly change the world and have an impact, like an actual impact that's reactionary to the times that we live in now. Um, I, I, you know, I, I said it a lot in the regular show. It's basically like, you know, putting cheese on your broccoli, you're getting something that's good for you, but it with a great message, but it tastes good as well. And it's, 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 it's a fun movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. Weirdly enough, I totally agree with everything that you just said. I think it's one of the most expertly crafted thrillers I've seen in like a really, really long time. Uh, I love the cinematography. looks like it's shot either on 16 or 35, I think 16, but it has this really nice filmic look to it. Uh, the synthy score is incredible by Gavin Brivik. Um, the editing you said by Daniel Garber is, I think, uh, incredible. Just the way that this film is structured. And like you said, that could easily go a different way where you're ripping people out of the present and showing these kind of flashbacks of why these people are coming together could like we've seen that a lot uh but the way that this film does it both with its you know it's not necessarily chapter based it's character based storytelling but like i I think that character based storytelling really kind of drives this film and the and the suspense of it right because like at first these this group feels like a bunch of people that should not you know you said a ragtag group like these people you're like this doesn't make sense that all these people are working together but i love that the way the film is structured to kind of show why they come together and even that and everyone having their own reason that is very different but all 
because of this one oil company in in Texas, I think uh, was fantastic. And each time you flash back, you want to learn about that character and why they got involved. And and like it reminded me of those bomb sequences of of something like the Hurt Locker from Catherine Bigelow, but like even done in an even more suspenseful way where like every character feels both expendable and important. And because they're just, you know, it's, it's an, a smaller movie where it's like, like you said, it's not, it's as thrilling as like, you know, any big blockbuster, but at any moment you could think one of these, these kids could blow up. Right. And I think that adds to it, right. Or like how they're going to get out of this or how they're going to accomplish their, their final task. And I just think like, like you said, like the message is important. Um, you know, the, the social message in the movie and like, and, and what it is saying, but it's just a thrilling, exciting movie at, at its core. And I just, I was completely enthralled with it from start to finish. I think like it's twists feel earned. Um, every character feels like they have a great reason of being involved. Um, it, I think it cuts at the exact best moments to even add to the suspense so that goes to that excellent editing of it of like it knows exactly like okay moment happens let's snap to black tell you a character title and then we're going to show you um that person's backstory or or something like that and um yeah man i i just i it was kind of one of my favorite movies of recent memory like this in glass onion like i just was obsessed with at, at the festival it was awesome yeah, it, it, and another movie that I I do think it does take some inspiration from is uh, William Friedkin's Sorcerers. E- even in that synthy score that you know Tangerine Dream provided for that movie, um, and the idea of you know this group of guys you know transporting dynamite from one location to another, and anything, even the slightest sort of you know movement or 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 bump in the road could you know, spell disaster uh, for the group and you're rooting for them to make it. But at the same time, you also know that like, it's going to be a really rough terrain to, to travel across. And with this, there are moments where, you know, the, the Forrest Goodluck character specifically, you know, he's basically the, the chemist of the group. And there are moments with him where he's dealing directly with, um, the substances to make the chemical compounds that will be explosive. And there's just one moment, I don't want to give anything away, but there's a laugh that he has after doing something. And it's that laugh that you need to kind of help break yeah. the tension, a moment of levity and release uh, that is so perfectly timed. Uh, and it's one of those, it, it, it's, it's why you love movies because it's just a magical piece of filmmaking where it's just like, okay, like that clicks and that, reaction that the audience has to it is 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 just right there with them you can hear the gasps and the sighs of relief it's 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 incredible to watch and and it does have that kind of like political thriller aspect of of 70s films like alan j bakula who you know did the parallax view and even something more recently like you know, this would make an interesting double bill with with kelly reichardt's night moves you know in terms of looking at something that's a little bit more restrained and kind of um subdued where this is more heightened and aware but also still very much has a message that is getting through uh the aesthetic and the style um it's again a microcosm of you know a a major action set piece but it's done so well in the moving parts with the characters and the performances and um the the editing the timing and just how everything comes together in a way that feels 
organic to the story being told in the most thrilling way possible. You know, there's a lot of really great up and coming actors. I was uh, just going to bring that up. Yeah. You know, I mentioned Forrest Goodluck, who's probably best known as uh, playing Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio's son in the Revenant uh, is excellent in this. Uh, you have someone like uh, Jamie Lawson, who was just in the Batman with Robert Pattinson as the mayor uh, running for mayor. Uh, she, oh, right, she's yeah. really good in that. Uh, Sasha Lane, yeah, Lane who's, who's in America, Loki. Loki in American Honey. Yeah. Um, you have uh, Lucas Kristen, Gage, who's in uh, Euphoria, right? Yeah, Kristen Froseth, who was just in Lena Dunham's uh, Sharp Stick. So it's, it's, uh, it's a really great up-and-coming cast that, you know, people will recognize, but it's they're not names that are necessarily distracting to the yeah. plot itself, where it's like you you kind of you see these people, it's like, oh, I might recognize you from this, or I might recognize this actor from from this movie. Yeah. But Marcus they, Scribner, I want to give a shout out to. He was on, uh, like, he did like eight seasons of Blackish, and then moved on to the sequel series too. So, like, all these people are these kind of younger, you know, up and coming actors that you might recognize from something that you've seen them in, right? Yeah, and he has one of the best moments in the movie where he meets the Dwayne character for the first time and how that is also weirdly funny with how you have like a documentary being made right. about this family, you know, having to live, you know, with a pipeline going through their property. And so like that moment I feel is also as as a, a weird sort of commentary on uh, how documentarians can sometimes be full of themselves, especially yeah. when you're you're a student documentarian and you think that like you know you're solving uh, you know the the problems of the world by making this movie and you're kind of being full of yourself without ever you know considering the subject that you're talking to. Absolutely, yeah. I don't want to say much more about the movie because I feel like it is a movie that you should just kind of try not to even watch a trailer or anything. Like when Neon puts one out, I'm sure they'll put a very well crafted trailer and and kind of marketing um uh around this but uh i think they got like a sleeper hit on their hands like i can see why they picked this up right away um i don't know when they're going to be releasing it we were kind of hypothesizing that and it could be next year i don't know if they'll try to rush it out for uh this fall season i highly doubt that um but i don't know what you, your thoughts on that were eric yeah i think it'll probably be a spring release give it time to find an audience it's not a movie that necessarily has to be released now in order to contend for awards even though i think it is worthy for editing directing best picture Adapted screenplay I, yeah like all these things uh, like it is it is an awards worthy film but it like like the hurt locker the hurt locker was released you know a year after it played the festival season and it's still you know, was nominated and won Best Picture and Directing. So, you know, not that it's going to take the same trajectory, but it's still, you know, like even if it doesn't get nominated for awards, that doesn't matter. I think yeah. it's a film that needs to find its audience first and foremost. And if you give it a, a place where it can have time and not get lost in, you know, a shuffle, whether it be, you know, against big summer blockbusters or awards contenders, I think it would do really well in the like late winter or, or early spring. Yeah. Uh, and it will probably be one of those movies like everything everywhere all at once where it continues to grow over time. And more I could see, a pr- see it uh, and recommend no, it, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I could see it playing South by Southwest because of the Texas kind of angle as well. And then maybe premiering right after that late March or early April or something too. But 
Um, yeah, man, I, I think it's worthy of all that stuff too. I, I don't know if it's too small or anything like that, but like, I hope neon gives it a huge push when it does come out. And because I, I really, this will be one of those movies that I am screaming from the rooftops about, you know what I mean? Like, and I know it was shout out to Peter Kaplowski cause he was that, that first guy to kind of, I think it was him who programmed it right in platform or he, yeah. And yeah. platform. Well, that's something we should also talk about. Like there's always that. It could have used platform. that boost from winning, but I'm sure yeah. rice boy sleeps is great. We didn't get to catch it at the festival, but, but it already won. I mean, being picked up by neon and yeah. everybody, I don't think there's really anybody that hasn't seen it. That's had a negative review. Like it, it's one of those. I saw movies. one tweet from something. Okay. All right. Me, right. But, anyways. but, but, but anyways, I, I think for the most part, everybody that has seen it or has recommended it to somebody else or saw it during the festival, even the curmudgeons have loved it or at least yeah. appreciated it. And, and that is saying something because during a festival, you can get that kind of festival bubble kind of reaction to things. But I do feel this is a movie outside of the festival that will speak to a lot of people and and kind of feels like it is talking about you know a generation dealing with the fallout of you know capitalism and you know the destruction of the environment in a way that isn't just you know a message movie or just a message movie but isn't just depressing like the world yeah that's what i mean we, we, we we've destroyed the world so much that there's nothing to do it's like okay there are still people out there that fighting make a difference and it would weirdly make it i mean both being neon movies as well it would weirdly make a good double bill with something like all the beauty and the bloodshed where you look at how protesters you know in a grassroots kind of element do something to change the world whether it be radical or you know inspirational or both yeah i absolutely agree um, if, if you kind of align with how I feel about movies and like the things, like things that I would say are extremely my shit, which is like chapter based storytelling. I say it's character based storytelling. Um, I love the, uh, nerdy things like the font used as well as the title card, um, and the credits and the synthy sound, like just right from the start, Eric, I'm like, I'm fucking in when that title card pops up and like those opening moments and the, and how I, the score is used in that grainy cinematography and shit. I'm like, this is absolutely my jam and I'm all in on this. And luckily it delivered for the rest of the movie because like, and even things that could have been cheap, like, um, I don't want to get too into specifics, but like twists and stuff like that, like feel earned, even though you might see them coming, but then they play out slightly different than what you expected. Like, I really feel like even those didn't feel cheap or, or anything like that. Like it does feel very earned and, and true to the characters that they kind of set up in these flashbacks. So, um, yeah, I just think it's an excellent movie. I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. I could even be pursued pursued persuade pursued. Uh, <laughs> Daniel's gonna if pursue neon, you to give if it ne- up yeah if neon sends me some cool shit maybe I'll, no I, I mean persuade I think it's it a, a movie five. you need to see again and I yeah. think like the way we're talking about it now it could easily be a five star film in the sense that yeah. like you know if we saw it outside of the festival you know it, it being the I'm so happy I saw it. this was the last movie I saw because I went out on such a high note with this yeah. film and talking to you about it I like it even more so I'm also going to give it a four and a half and and I also recommend people go check out cam which is available on Netflix yeah I do it. really want to yeah yeah it's 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 one of those movies where like I can't wait to see it again and also I'm just excited for other people to see it and yeah I can't wait to tell to tell everyone to watch it right like it'll it will be one of those movies that 
is a smaller film, you know, that I'll tell everyone, even if they're not movie people to go see it. I'll just be like, if you have a chance, just go see this movie and just trust me. And and it, you might recognize a few people from other things, but it doesn't have like huge names or a big like, I mean, DG is going to have a good career, I think. But um, I uh, I'm all about this movie. So uh, thank you all for listening or watching. We really do appreciate it. You, like I mentioned, you can check out all those other TIFF reviews uh, over on Untitled Movie Reviews or on YouTube uh, at Untitled Movie Podcast on YouTube, um, as well as if you just want a one-stop shop for everything, head over to our Letterboxd HQ, which is Untitled underscore Movies. Uh, and as always, you can find more of my work around the web, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. Uh, and you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchand. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene. There is a truncated episode of the TIFF wrap up on that, uh, site that will be available very soon with Matt and I talking about our favorite film. So if you, uh, don't watch the uh, two plus hour episode uh, or, you know, listen to it on our podcast or want to get another version of it. It's there. And I will be posting uh, about it on the social medias when it's available on EM6211. Until next time. In the words of David Wilcox, I'm laying pipe all night long. <laughs> it's an 80s Canadian song. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>